the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Great to be together as usual. We've got some great interviews coming up in a few moments. I'll get to them. Uh, I also want to encourage you to please visit ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com. When you go to that website, you will see lots of these great interviews I've had. You'll see my standalone segments. There's a transcript of the opening segment that we're in right now. It's called The Wink, uh, What You Need to Know. And um, so we, we there's a lot there. So please visit uh, ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com, and get all clued in. Also, you can sign up there for the daily email that goes out at the crack of dawn, 5 a.m. Pacific time, 8 a.m. East Coast time. goes out to almost 50 thousand folks all you do is sign up with your email address i promise i don't sell it i don't rent it i don't loan it to anyone i just send you monday through friday what you need to know an email that gives you a summary of some of the key issues that are going on excuse me and um, really extraordinary. Hey, later on the show, we'll talk with Cynthia Hughes. She has organized something called the Patriot Freedom Project to help those people who are rotting in a jail uh, over the great hoax, the January 6th hoax. We'll talk with Cynthia Hughes. I've got to know her. She's extraordinary. And then, very pleased, very pleased that we will talk with my old friend Ted Malik, who's got another piece over at uh, American Greatness. I haven't talked to him in a while, so we'll talk with Ted. All right, first. What you need to know, I have to recount for you, you, many of you know how much I love books. I love books, and uh, I love reading, and I'm so blessed to have had the opportunity. When I was a boy, I got the habit of reading. I also had a father who encouraged me to learn how to read quickly for content, which is a skill. It's a practiced skill, and I'm not the fastest reader, uh, but I'm pretty fast, and I'm a good reader, and I'm a good reader, and now I'm a really good reader getting books uh, from uh, publishers and from publicists and trying to figure out whether they're valuable and interesting and what they have. Every book, by the way, that somebody takes enough time to write gives you um, some insight. The only question is whether it's worth reading the whole thing, if you get my point. So no matter what, if somebody takes the time to write a book, there's something there. There's at least one nugget. And a lot of times, by the way, a lot of times, by the way, there's one nugget. And they spend the book kind of giving you the context and bringing you around to it. This is true, by the way, in fiction and nonfiction. Well, I went today... I went to visit Dean Reuter, who wrote the book The Last Nazi, which I enjoyed so much, the book. It's about uh, a Nazi uh, uh, named Kamler who disappeared after the war, either died by his own hand, suicide, that's one story, or maybe was uh, summarily executed uh, by the British, perhaps, or maybe, like a few other Nazis, more than a few, he was allowed to get out and went to South America or somewhere. Anyway, it's a great book. It's called The Last Nazi, Dean Reuter and a couple of uh, co-authors, and I went to visit him today. I have a cup of coffee. And, uh, and so in the course of that, we were talking about the current state of affairs in life and politics and, and things. He himself is the general counsel at the Federalist Society and uh, senior vice president and general counsel. And um, 
His background is as an attorney, obviously, uh, not a historian or not a historical book writer. And he then took out off the shelf another book of his. This time he's the editor. And the book was published in 2016. I'm holding it in my hand. It's called Liberty's Nemesis, The Unchecked Expansion of the State. And it's Dean Reuter and John Yu, a professor over at, I think, Bolt Hall in University of California. Anyway, here's the problem. He gave me a copy of his book, which is extraordinary. It's got compilation. It's a, it's a compilation of a, a, a 26 different essays by everybody from Hans von Spakowski, who's been on the program, and uh, uh, former Attorney General Michael Mulcasey, uh, all kinds of different people, including um, uh, one that I saw, oh, Peter uh, Kirsenow, uh, who is a, a incredible writer, an interesting guy. Anyway, oh, McLean Mitchell's in there. Patrick Morrissey, the Attorney General of uh, West Virginia, somebody I know through a friend of mine. Anyway. And so he gives me this book, and it's about the growth, as I mentioned. It's about the expansion of government, uh, of the state. I go home. I go back to the office, I mean, and I can't stop reading it. I go in, and I'm looking at these things. I'm going one after another, and I'm, I'm looking at this, and I'm saying, this is so true. And the conversation, here's what I want to tell you about, what you need to know. Because of the way our government, our federal government, has grown, you hear me talk about drain the swamp all the time, and a lot of people associate that with the broken Congress. But actually, the size and scope of our federal executive branch, federal government, but the executive branch and the rulemaking authority and the regulatory authority and the and the impact they can have. It's stunning how big it is, how massive it is, how how burdensome it is. And here's where it gets interesting. As I'm talking to Dean Reuter, he's he's telling me he's saying, you know, Ed, one of the things that people didn't realize and don't really realize you can't really quantify it is is the is the legal effect of a change of administration. So he wasn't talking about the policies necessarily. We didn't get into that. He just was talking about the the impact of a change from the Trump administration to the Biden administration. And he was listing them. He was saying, you know, there's regulatory changes, there's uh, rulemaking authority, rulemaking changes, there's executive orders. And his argument, and we were talking about the, the Congress in this context, was there's not a lot of oversight. And forget which party you're, if you're liberal, there's not a lot of oversight. If you're a conservative, there's not a lot of oversight. The question is, who's watching these incredibly, who's who's. Uh, watching and and checking these incredibly overbroad powers, and it, it's a fascinating thing. And what you need to know is that the, the when someone says the deep state, there's a whole deep state conversation, right? You could talk about the FBI or the CIA or the NSA and all. That's that's a different kind of. It's got a different connotation because of sort of the popularity or the popular depiction now of you know uh, you got a clapper on uh, on what is it CNN and you've got Brennan on MSNBC and you're like, hey, these guys look like they're in the sort of intelligence community. It looks like a deep state, but the bigger problem is not necessarily the deep state, it's the bureaucratic state. It's the bureaucratic state that has can, can, uh, concentrated such power, and you can pick any area of American life. You could pick education loans, you can pick clean water, you could pick uh, uh, business, uh, the IRS business taxes, uh, or you can pick, um, I don't know, but pick another one, uh, historical uh, uh, things, or, or um, uh, the um, uh, mineral rights. I mean, you go through a list, every one of these areas that now touches federal power has had this massive expansion of regulation and uh, of meddling in the power. And the question is, what you need to know, can we get a movement that is sustained, that returns power 
to we the people and then to the states. Because America's experiment that's so interesting is that we the people have the sovereignty. You don't have to go to see the king. Oh, another example, by the way, I talked about last week is patents. The role of the patent office in creating unelected bureaucrats, the PTAB, they call it, these boards that are suddenly in charge of validating or invalidating patents. And patents, you may say, well, I don't know much about patents. You should know this. Patents and the ability for an inventor to control his or her invention and therefore the profits of it, that's one of the great spurs of American success, the American market, the American market economy. So anyway, but back to this point, as Dean and I were talking, and I came back and reading this book, looking at all these different aspects of American life and saying, how can you have a movement that would sustain, forget what party, it's a vision of we the people, not the sovereign king, not the oligarch, not the emperor, not the president. They don't give us the sovereignty. We have it, and we grant it through the states to the federal government in a limited way. And that's the question. How it's not limited anymore. It's almost unlimited in the opposite direction. It's been granted, and it's been abused. And the question, again, is how do you sustain a movement that would be uh, returning to we the people the power and authority over our 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 our, uh, our sovereignty, and in the face of you know for example Trump President Trump he appointed a ton of judges uh, you know and and Biden's team doesn't seem to be as focused on judges so but but more importantly and this is where Dean and I were talking you got to and I'm no expert on it he wasn't actually uh, positioning himself as a subject matter expert he was describing what he was seeing and what he knows from other experts around is you pick an area. And the Biden administration has dramatically changed course to increase in lots of areas, especially around the green question, you know, the whether you're talking about sort of environmentalism, quote unquote, or green uh, uh, energy and massive shifts in the role of government back in a direction of expansion of the state. It's a big problem. It's a big problem. What you need to know is that's the really the question. When you talk about drain the swamp, you can throw the bums out every four years, every two years, every six years. You can throw them out. You can dream up things like uh, let's have uh, term limits for judges and all that. People have that sometimes. Or uh, age limits on judges. You can throw bums out if you want or you think that's solid. That's not the problem now. The problem is the size and scope of government. I mean, it is a problem. It always is a problem. We should be f- fair and say let's get more. Let's change out our people. But in this context... And in this book, it's really interesting. Again, the book is called uh, uh, Liberty's Nemesis, and it's uh, the unchecked expansion of the state. Dean Reuter and John Yu encounter books. It's been great. I've been, I've been. I mean, unfortunately, it's, it took about three hours out of my uh, uh, by day that I didn't expect to do, but it's been really fruitful. So that's what you need to know. There, we got to come back to that. We got to come back to that. There's examples that would just blow your doors off. They would just shock you to hear. And uh, we need some more uh, thinking about how to get the American people to understand. It's not just, hey, cut my taxes. I don't want to pay more taxes, which I'm happy to say my uh, 12-year-old son was asking about taxes. He said, how can it be, Dad, that you are an ex and you only get to take home uh, half of X? And I was like, welcome to America, son. And uh, so we're talking economics. But uh, it's a great, it's an important uh, thing. It's a good book. So uh, great uh, fruit of our interview last week with Dean Reuter. All right, we got to take a break, everybody. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. We will be back. In a moment.
Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Our next guest, I've been looking forward to speaking with her on the air. I've spoken to her a lot off the air. Her name is Cynthia Hughes. And as I mentioned in the open of the show, Cynthia Hughes has uh, found herself, I don't think, I'm, well, I'm sure of that, she didn't expect to be here or want to be here. And suddenly she's helping to organize people uh, uh, that have been impacted uh, by the uh, January 6th uh, hoax and what's happened afterwards. And so she started an effort at called the Patriot Freedom Project, patriotfreedomproject.com, and you can find out more about it by going there. Uh, So first of all, Cynthia, welcome to the program. How are you? Good. Thank you for having me, Ed. Um, So let me ask you about this first. How did you get drawn into this? I know the story, but our listeners don't know. Will you tell us how you got uh, drawn into this whole situation and what what, what got you here? Um, So I have a nephew who is... um, in the D.C. jail, the D.C. deplorable jail, as we like to call it. Uh, He's been there since January. Well, he's been incarcerated since January. He's been in the D.C. jail since February 3rd, and he's still there. Um, Nonviolent charges, no assault charges, no conspiracy charges, basically misdemeanor charges, uh, and still sitting nine months later in, in jail. Uh, and so that got you started on this. And then so then you as you started to help your nephew, uh, tell me how you ended up in the broader in this in this broader thing. I mean, again, I when I listened to you, I thought, you know, he's talking about like accidental activists, somebody who was going about your life with other priorities, actually, in terms of uh, family and all. And here you are. Tell us how you and tell us where the uh, the um, the uh, effort is and, and, and what the Patriot Freedom Project is. OK, so. Um, you know, a frustration, of course, you know, right from the gate. Um, he, you know, my nephew was bounced around to a couple of different jails. And when he finally landed in D.C., um, you know, that's when I really started to discover there were there was a lot of, you know, just injustice happening. There were, you know, um, several other men there, you know, with families, wives, young children. I was hearing about, you know, um, how these men were arrested what the children had witnessed. And I just, you know, started researching and realizing that there was really nothing going on to support these families. And then one evening I was watching the news and I saw a journalist named Julie Kelly from American Greatness. And she was a powerhouse. And I said, I I needed to connect with her. Um, So I did. And then I learned that the guys inside the DC jail also had, you know, heard who Julie Kelly was. And my nephew just had me, you know, doing a little bit of research, asking me to look into Julie Kelly and um, and just connecting with her. I, you know, expressed how there was no support. And she said, you know, somebody needs to step up and create that support. So I took the initiative and I decided to uh, come out in the forefront, if you will, and uh, just kind of be an advocate and a voice for these families. There are wives. There are young children. There are mothers, there are aunts, uncles, cousins, siblings, um, and there was no organization. Now we have a support group. We get together, we support each other, we help each other. Um, I created Patriot Freedom Project to raise donations. Uh, we got a very large donation a few months ago from Dinesh D'Souza and his wife hmm. for $100,000, and uh, we're able to help these families make sure they get their bills paid. Somebody had to do it, Ed. So why not be yeah. me? 
Right. Well, there you go. That's uh, the American way. All right. So uh, we're talking again with uh, Cynthia Hughes. And if you go to the website, it's PatriotFreedomProject.com. We had Julie on earlier in the week because she is the best. I told her she's no longer a journalist. She's she's uh, kind of a historian, too, because no one else is writing with the depth that she is and uh, with the humanity of the stories. And so, um, Cynthia, tell me what when you say you're helping the families a lot, what has happened so often in life, but also in this case is there's a little bit of coverage of something happening and then it moves on, right? And the media ignores it. And so what are the kinds of challenges that some of the folks that are, that have fam- that, that the families of people who are being held, what are they going through? Give us some examples of that. Well, you know, they're, they're, I, I want to talk about the wives and, you know, specifically. So, uh-huh. you know, you have wives that were not working, you know, their husbands were the breadwinner. And you had some wives who had just had babies, you know, newborns when when their husbands were arrested. So you have these women who had no job that are now working uh, one job or maybe two jobs. Um, You know, multiple children in the house, young children in the house. They have mortgages. They have rent. They have car payments. They have utility payments, keeping food on the table. We just had back to school. You know, we have the holidays coming up. They're doing this solo now. They're they're all down one income in their homes, and somebody needed to help support them financially. There's going to be a great need for, you know, uh, mental health counseling for these families, for the wives who watch their husbands get arrested, for the children who watch their husbands get uh, their fathers get arrested. Um, there is a great need for so much, especially with the holidays coming, Ed. You know, you have some um, homes right now. You know, dad's in prison or jail and, you know, you have two, three, four kids in the house. Who's going to make sure Santa Claus visits them in December or where they're going to get their costumes for Halloween uh, the end of this month or to make sure they have a a nice big turkey on their their table in November? So here we are, you know, just trying. Yeah, we, well, and again, and, and pe- people, sorry, Cynthia, Cynthia Hughes we're talking to, who's the founder and is leading uh, what's called the Patriot Freedom Project. And she mentioned uh, Dinesh D'Souza gave $100,000. And there's a guy that knows what it's like to be uh, uh, put through the grinder of the American legal system. And so God bless him and his wife for doing that. Uh, if you go to PatriotFreedomProject.com, you can contribute yourself and on social media at Julie, at Julie underscore Kelly, too. She's always uh, tweeting and, and helping. Um, Cynthia, is uh, how would you put voice? to your frustration and and the frustration um, about what's happened and wh- why it, it's taking so long, it's so unfair. I mean, just, just give us that, that um, a voice to that because I've heard it t- you talk about it and I know it's it makes you crazy and angry, but I think it's important for people to hear it. It, it is important because not many people are, you know, are talking about the, you know, the two different systems of, uh, you know, law and order that we live in now. Um, you know, you have one group of protesters um, that we saw throughout 2020 who did much worse, uh, worse things than we saw going on at a protest um, on January 6th, who got slapped on the hands. You don't hear about any of those people, you know, being incarcerated. Uh, and facing years and years and years in, you know, in prison the way this group of people is. And this group of people is held to an entirely different, you know, rule of law. They can't make bonds. You know, they have to rely on public defenders because most of them do not have, you know, 
the funds to afford a you know a federal criminal defense uh, attorney, which is very expensive. It would be great if we had some pro bono attorneys that would step forward and contact us through Patriot Freedom Project to help these guys. But they're they're fighting a government or an administration, a DOJ, whatever you want to uh, call it, that doesn't is not interested in um, what the what the Constitution says. It is not interested in the violation of the First Amendment, the Sixth Amendment rights for all of these men. There's no due process for these men. Um, there's no speedy trial uh, act for these men. Everything is different for this particular group. And the conditions in the jail, Ed, they're horrendous. Some There are some nights that these men do not even get dinner. I'm not even kidding you. And if they do... Well, Cynthia, I, I got to ask you, I said that to someone because I know, too, and they said, how can that be? And I guess the question is, how can that be? I mean, there's no, is there nobody that has the ability? I, I, you know, Julie got uh, gets pretty hot at uh, the fact that there's not even Republicans who are willing to say this is wrong. I mean, is, is there nobody that will address that? I mean, if, if this was happening in a, a Uyghur camp in China, you'd have the Amnesty International all over it. I mean, no one will do something about that. No, and that's and that's the problem, you know. And and I and I'm saying it here to you and to your listeners. Anybody can write to the Inspector General in D.C. and complain about this. Everybody should write to their, you know, to their Republican senators and Congress people in their state about this, because not no. Well, we can't say no Republicans have stepped forward because we know Marjorie Taylor Greene is a is a warrior. She's a warrior. She is. <laughs> everybody should. Everybody should be like Marjorie Taylor Greene that's in the Republican Party. She has no problem speaking up, speaking out. I know how bothered she is by this. I know how much this this is hurting her, knowing that these guys are languishing in this jail. But that's it. I don't understand why these Republicans don't come forward. I know that they're afraid. They have no spines, Ed, to be quite honest with you. But, I mean, these people voted for them. Enough is enough now. They need to step forward and open their mouth and say, this is wrong. But they just don't. Yeah. And I'm not sure they ever will. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, well, Cynthia, the time flies, so uh, I, I have to finish up. But uh, let me just re- reiterate, Cynthia Hughes, we're talking to the founder uh, of this very important, and you should go to the website, the Patriot Freedom Project dot com, excuse me, Patriot Freedom Project dot com, the Patriot Freedom Project. Find out how you can give uh, support it, how you can also promote it uh, and and get the word out, because um, it is incredible how uh, forgotten people are. And it's uh, a shame. So, Cynthia, we'll keep uh, plugging along. I'll talk to you sh- uh, soon, I'm sure. Uh, hang in there, and we'll keep pushing the word, and, and uh, God bless you for your work. Thank you so much, Ed. All right. We'll take a break, everybody, and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report, back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Time to check in with our old friend Ted Malik. It has been a few weeks since we've had, got, had talked to him. He's got a new piece up over at American Greatness, amgreatness.com. I'll put it up on social media. Uh, the title is Impeach Him. And then the subtitle, Joe Biden abused the power of his office through enabling bribery and other high crimes and misdemeanors. He has to go. Uh, the first line of this, Ted, is what made me smile. The weakling Republican Party. And from there it goes downhill. I mean, I, I think uh, I think the um, the reality is you can barely get the Republican Party to talk about 
anything, let alone go all the way to the I word. Is it possible to set the agenda for 2022? And maybe that's our best hope. Well, that's what I'm suggesting. It's a many sided argument. But uh, part of that argument, and I mean, it's a constitutional case. I mean, he committed high crimes and misdemeanors with his son, Hunter Biden. So, you know, we're just using the Constitution as it was intended to be used, not as it has been tried in the past uh, two impeachments. But I think that the GOP has a huge chance, of course, to do well in 2022, to sweep the House and to seal up the Senate. But that's only going to happen with a very clear plan. And I think the central piece of that plan, among others, should be the impeachment of Joe Biden. We have a House resolution. What we need is a sizable majority in the House and the Senate to convict and remove him. The time is right. need is urgent. And I mean, his popularity, I mean, we're talking about this politically, is getting worse and worse by the week. Everything he touches turns to stone. It's, just, it's the absolute opposite of Midas. Um, so I, I, I think we need to have this as our central plank. And then the second part of this argument, which maybe we can get into, is our weak need Republican leadership. If they won't do it, and they waver on this, clearly, then they need to be replaced. Uh, and I well, and this, so, I, 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 I do, yeah, I do want to go. We're talking with Ted Malik again. His his piece is called "Impeach Him," and I agree with you. That's actually the, the better part of this. Is I think I don't think many people on our side of the aisle need much convincing that Joe Biden is either addled or corrupt or both at this point. And so it would be obvious. The question is whether the Republicans have any uh, spine for this. And, you know, I had Julie Kelly on the show the other day. She didn't even try. Mm. She didn't even try. She wasn't even willing to give uh, McCarthy or McConnell a chance. She said, it's over. These guys are unwilling. They're not willing to stand up to uh, the January 6th commission stuff. They're not willing mm-hmm. to stand up uh, for, for the, for the pre- for President Trump. And so uh, is there, do you, You've been around a lot of this stuff, Ted. Is there hope that some of these people grow a spine, or is the reality no. you got to throw them out? No, they don't have a spine. They never had a spine. They're not going to get a spine. We can't give them some kind of, uh, you know, uh, transplanted spine. So Kevin McCarthy has to go, and Trump has to come out right now and say, you never defended me. You've got so many skeletons in your closet. We go over them. And you have that turncoat rhino pollster, Frank Luntz, your you know, best buddy. You're out, buddy. And we have a replacement for you, and his name is Steve Scalise. And Steve has a backbone. Steve has taken one for the team. Steve is a patriot and a populist of the first order. He's with me. He's my guy. Why wait? He'll impeach Biden. He's the man. The House has to vote right now, just like they voted to get rid of, uh, of, uh, of our neocon friend in Wyoming. We need to replace the intended leader with somebody who has a backbone. That's Steve Scalise. The Senate, which of course where I work, is a much more difficult case. Now, Mitch McConnell doesn't do any favors for anybody but himself. Uh, I guess for his Chinese friends as well. He is the definition of the swamp. In my view, he personifies the very cesspool of K Street interest group politics, lobbying, and patronage. I don't know if there are enough senators, uh, you know, to step up against him, but it would help if we mounted a consistent effort to do that, to put somebody in. I'm, I'm saying Tom Cotton, 
I mean, I don't care who it is, but to put somebody in who is a reliable conservative. Because we're going to need reliable conservatives both to be elected in the Senate and then to do their job in the Senate, not just to be the same old, same old. Uh, We're talking again with uh, Ted Malik and uh, Ted... um in history, and again, Ted Malik has written books of uh, on business, on history. In history, and I know we're in a moment that feels different than any other time. But is there a is there a path to do what you're suggesting? Meaning, can we can we get some people to do this? Because it feels like um, it, it feels to me like we're getting to the point where uh, the the powers that be are are falling into the same routine right the same playbook of other years mm-hmm. of other times and and that that's and that, and that they're, and they're being convinced and donors i hear it from donors all the time the donors say oh yeah you know we're everybody tells us we're going to win it's, it's going to be going great uh, how, how do we what's the historical precedent to break out of this well there have been cases in the past where leaders have been shifted out where there have been coups, where there have been contests. I mean, um, obviously the the house in particular is so full of scandal. I don't know which one you want me to talk about because right, the Republicans right. and Democrats both have them. I'm just saying, you know, we need to step up. Now, the guy that could make this happen, and it's pretty clear to me, and he's told other friends this, that he's running in 2024, is none other than Donald Trump. He is an inordinate sway right now. Whether that would be the case in 2024, we'll have to wait and see. But if he tipped the balance here and came out and said, I want a new leader, McCarthy's not the guy. I got to believe that those people would fall in line. That's what we have to ask for. Tougher to do again in the Senate. He's bad-mouthed McConnell, you know, for (laughs) five years. It didn't have much effect. But uh, it is interesting when McConnell was running for election, who did he go to and beg for his endorsement and support? Right. Right. Exactly. That's that's the I agree. I mean, it's uh, and and sometimes I say to myself, well, some of these things are just transactional. Let's not be surprised. Right. And and Trump Trump likes to think that way himself. Right. You can stab me in one day. But if you make a good deal tomorrow, what do I care? Right. I think that's Mm -hmm. I think he likes to act like that. But so but back, Ted, to you again, we're talking with Ted Malik, who's uh, again, a close observer, friend of I I would dare say of Donald Trump for decades, not just for the presidency time. Um, is he willing to do that? I mean, does he see him? Are surrounding him are people that don't seem to get this, uh, or at least get it clearly enough to do something about it? Well, that's a very pertinent question. Um, I think some of us, you know, have to get to him and, uh, you know, stroke him in this direction. I have people like Peter Navarro and Steve Bannon and others are doing that. We have to consistently do that. We probably have to have some people in Congress itself that he respects, even younger guys like Josh Hawley, you know, make this suggestion and have some backbone. Uh, uh, The rhinos aren't going to do it. I mean, and, you know, basically the country club Republicans aren't going to do it. And, you know, the same old, same old Republicans are not going to do it. So if this is a new party, a populist party, a Trump-like party, then it has to have leaders that fit that mold and will, you know, play that game. And this goes to, you know, an even larger question if he were to run in 2024 
and win re-election, then we have to have 4,000 people ready to go in and seize the reins of government because we didn't have them last time. Yeah. Well, that's I think that's um, that's as clear as can be. That's a good point. All right. Uh, Ted Malik, as always, thank you for uh, for coming on and for the piece. Again, the uh, the title is impeach. Uh, excuse me. Impeach him. And as I think Ted just we just covered, you get into it, you'll see lots of things uh, that uh, Joe Biden has done that rise to the level. But more importantly, the question is leadership on the Republican side, because go ahead and imagine if you run for uh, if if they run in 2022 and get the House and Senate, what are they going to do? And uh, without uh, uh, backbone that Ted Malik is offering, I'm not sure they'll do much. Uh, Thanks again, Ted. Appreciate it. Good. Thanks. All right, everybody, we'll take a break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Don't forget, visit uh, amgreatness.com, and you can see all of Ted Malik's stuff. I just clicked on his name, and he's got, uh, I don't know, dozens of articles and uh, some really good ones, essays there. So check it out. Again, amgreatness.com. We will take a break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report, back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. And we're upholding the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly, grassroots activist, author of 27 books, and articulate voice for traditional values for more than 70 years. Now, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Like President Joe Biden, the departed Afghan president Ashraf Ghani was installed as president by liberals after a disputed election that took months to resolve. Also like Biden, President Ghani is an elderly, low-energy man who promoted progressive policies having little connection with what the Afghan people want or believe in. Like Biden, President Ghani failed to attract genuine support among ordinary Afghans, as President Trump did so well with many Americans. The equivalent of woke ideologies and policies were being pushed on the people of Afghanistan, and of course, no Afghans would risk their lives to defend what they did not believe in. President Ghani knew that all too well, which is why he fled the country in such a hurry and with so much money. He knew from the start that he was nothing more than a puppet of the globalists. Without their work to prop up liberal policies in his country, Ghani's collapse was indeed inevitable. Feminist policies were also being imposed on Afghans, who have a deep-rooted patriarchal culture that is the opposite of what liberals demand. The vast majority of adult Afghan men cannot read or write, Yet liberals insisted on building schools to indoctrinate Afghan girls and young women with secular progressive beliefs. For those old enough to remember the fall of Saigon, as the last U.S. helicopter lifted off the roof of the U.S. Embassy, that horror was repeated as Afghans clung to U.S. transport planes while they taxied down the runway. Deaths by people dropping off the departing airplanes triggered painful reminders of the victims falling from the World Trade Center on 9-11. All this happened because globalists thought they could force an entire nation to abandon thousands of years of deeply held beliefs for the progressive fads of today. This is the Achilles heel of nation building. For some people, no amount of money is enough to lure them away from their traditions. When you try to meddle into the affairs of other peoples, death and disaster are the only results. Globalism isn't just a political philosophy. It can have deadly consequences. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. As leader of the free world, America has a responsibility to stay strong in economics, industry, morality, and military capability. Never hesitating to say, America first. At phyllisschlafly.com, you'll see why the best foreign policy begins with a strong America. Join the conversation at phyllisschlafly.com. 
Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here in a Pro-America Report. And uh, let's wrap things up here. I want to talk for a moment about the only big race in America in the next uh, six or eight weeks, which is over in Virginia, the Commonwealth of Virginia. There is a governor's race in New Jersey. doesn't seem to be close. But in Virginia, you have a classic showdown of an insider politician, Terry McAuliffe. Um, net worth is about $30 million. He made it by being connected to the Clintons. Go figure. Um, he's a former DNC chair. He did serve as governor of uh, Virginia for four years, four years years ago you're not allowed to serve back to back in virginia he's running again and he's not shy about it he's running for the teachers unions he's running for more lockdowns more face masks more vaccination mandatory vaccinations more control of the economy what's surprising because he's been running against a guy named glenn youngkin is that he's um attacked youngkin a couple times for being a trump guy but mostly attacked youngkin for being what i think most americans want which is and virginians i think which is somebody who wants to help us get our freedom back whether it's uh, lockdowns, whether it's control of our schools. In the last debate, the final debate too, Terry McAuliffe said parents shouldn't have a, shouldn't have a say in what kids are taught in schools. Schools should be in charge. Now, if, if that's your opinion, that's in line with Biden. That's in line with what they've said in terms of the teachers unions being in charge. In terms of the teachers' unions having control, that's what Terry McAuliffe said. Well, the other guy is Glenn Youngkin, and I happen to know Glenn Youngkin. I've met him. Uh, I met him. I've only met him uh, uh, maybe a couple times. Met his wife a few times, and he comes uh, from not far from where I live in, in Northern Virginia. And he's a, a business guy. He's been very successful in business. He was a. This is always good. I I tell people if you coach basketball, which I do. You meet people that are good at basketball and go on to play, but say in college, and if they're good players, they have confidence, a certain um, ease with uh, being a leader. And Glenn Youngkin was a star basketball player, went on, I think, to play at Rice University. Um, so it's a really important race. If, you, if you're trying to track what's going on in the country... Come on over and go uh, take a look at this uh, at this race. And uh, so and one of the things I wanted to highlight, because a lot of our listeners are, of course, our show is out in uh, San Diego, but our listeners on the podcast, as well as our Eagles are all across uh, the country and especially down in Virginia area, because our chairman, Helen Marie Taylor, the great Helen Marie Taylor, the chairman of the board of the uh, Eagle Forum Educational Legal Defense Fund, the organization I head is right there based in Richmond. She's on Monument Avenue, an amazing lady. And uh, so there is a rally that's coming up and i want to just highlight it for folks it's october 9th uh if you're uh if you're in richmond area or in commonwealth virginia anywhere it's only a couple hours away to get there and glenn youngkin is going to have a family rally and it's at 10 in the morning saturday october 9th i'll put up on social media uh how to get more information about it. it's an eventbrite thing uh and it's down again i mentioned it's in richmond uh i guess river road yeah um uh, river road up um uh forget the number there but well i'll put it up on social media you can find it by going to glenn youngkin's website but it's um again saturday october 9th uh and uh, i think the doors open at nine thirty uh or so and the event is uh, 10 to 11 check it out i i think that there's there's places in this country now where the battle over a vision for the future of the country is playing out and this is one of those places and so glenn youngkin's event as i mentioned again it will be on uh october 9th saturday uh 10 to 11 a.m uh and if you're uh you know if you're not in the area okay can't get to the area uh check out his website and go uh, find out more about glenn youngkin find out more about this important race because it is uh worth uh checking out it's worth being clued in on uh uh, what is happening? It's uh, it's a big deal. So that's what you got. I wanted to give an update on that, and we will um, 
Put all of that up on social media also so you know where it is uh, and you can find out more again. Uh, Terry McAuliffe, he, he couldn't be worse. I mean, he, he's so pro-abortion. He's so pro-government control. It makes me crazy. But the fact that he admitted it in a debate so blatantly is really extraordinary. I think when they look back on the history of this race, uh, they're going to say that was one of the key moments. So, again, uh, check it out. A family rally with uh, Glenn Youngkin running for governor of the Commonwealth of Virginia. All right, everybody. Thank you, as always, to Noah, our great producer. Does an awesome job, especially you don't even know behind the scenes. I mess up things technically. He takes care of it and figures it out. So thank you, Noah. Uh, Joanna helps book these great guests. We have so many good guests that lead to great conversations. So thank you to Joanna. And thank you for listening to the program. Don't forget, visit Pro. ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com. Sign up for the daily email, a daily wink, what you need to know, and we'll get that to you every morning, 5 a.m. Pacific Coast, uh, excuse me, Pacific Time, 8 a.m. East Coast Time, Monday through Friday. All right, everybody, have a great night. We'll be back tomorrow. It's Ed Martin here on a Pro America Report. Talk to you tomorrow. This is the Pro America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.